0: Hello everyone, and welcome once again to Rolling Ones, the RPG podcast. I'm your host, Sean, and with me are... Noah. And Jay slash that Canadian guy. Indeed. Jay slash that Canadian guy. And Noah slash R. Donald Trump. <laughs> Alright, Sh- so...
1: Shouldn't it just be like slash Donald Trump?
0: No, you're R. Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, you're not the actual Donald Trump.
0: If you were the actual Donald Trump, I would disconnect you from this call. Uh, I, I wouldn't. And then you would go on Fox and call me a loser. <laughs> you,
1: if, if this were Donald Trump, though, wouldn't you not disconnect me from the call? Wouldn't you just be like, hey, aren't you Donald Trump? What are you doing in my call? Yes. That's those lines.
2: And of course, when he becomes president, because that's totally going to happen, he's going to pers- he's going to specifically ban Sean, nothing else. That's
0: okay, Jay. Sean Jay, if he becomes president, I'm going to become your neighbor.
1: Awesome. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm going to hold you to that
1: <laughs> for no reason.
0: All right. So, uh, <clears throat> quick little announcement. But uh, unlike when we recorded the pilot episode, we now have. A Facebook page and a Twitter page and a SoundCloud page. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rolling ones RPG podcasts, all one word. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us at Twitter at rolling ones, again, all one word. And the ones is spelled out, it's not like the numerical one, it's O N E S. And on SoundCloud, uh, once again, soundcloud.com slash rolling ones. Same same deal, one word. Do, do I need to keep repeating the one word thing? No. You yes. think, do you think they got it? Yes. Okay. And if they
2: haven't, well, we don't want
0: them listening to this anyways. I, I don't want it. Smart I, people only. <laughs> this All is right. not a dumbed down podcast. Smart, Smart people, people only
2: minus people actually on the podcast.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> so there this. you go. There you go, Dominic. You can't listen to this now. That's, a, that's, just, one of my, that's one of my friends, so I'm going to make calls okay, for this one. Well, like, are you just <laughs> hoping we're going to have a listener named Dominic? No, I, oh, I hope are, he listens this far in.
0: <laughs> as, of, as of this recording, and for the listeners, we are recording this early. It's on Sunday, and I'm probably not going to release, release this until Friday. Uh, as of this recording, we have 15 listens on SoundCloud and one download. Yay! And What's, yet, 31 uh, people have liked the Facebook page, so something's not right there.
2: <laughs> I promise I didn't use any alt to like the Facebook page. <laughs> I did, however, listen twice to the... No, I'm kidding. I only listened once. <laughs> but hey, 15 listens on the sound card, that means more people than are in our D&D group.
0: Unless everyone in our D&D group just listened multiple times. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, we are going. We have two news items today. Uh, Jay, you're not going to do that trump that trumpet mouth news thing you did last time. You want me to? Wh- will you please?
2: Okay, fine. Duh- duh, news time.
0: That's amazing.
1: I you didn't
0: should. You should. Uh, last time. <laughs> you should be hired by CNN. <laughs> Re- replace that Mufasa guy. Uh. All right. So. Technically, these news items, I already knew about them, uh, last episode, but I saved them especially for this episode because they tie into our theme today. Uh, first news item is that Pathfinder is that Paizo Publishing, the people behind the Pathfinder RPG, have announced a new adventure path called Strange Aeons, which will come out, uh, in almost exactly one year. It is Ugh. a uh, strange aeons will send...
2: in which even death may die.
0: Sorry. Yes, exactly. Actually, it is a Call of Cthulhu themed uh, Pathfinder get pathfinders campaign. Uh, what? Yeah, it's that, uh it's that sounds kind of awesome. Yeah, it um will ev- it will start with the player. The players will start as amnesiacs. Uh, it'll involve a lot of travel and. The Necronomicon will be involved, but there's no word whether or not the actual like mythos deities are involved. But considering that one of the previous adventure paths involved an invade from Russia, uh, probably. Wow, it
1: sounds awesome!
0: And, yeah. Oh yeah, and there will also be insanity rolls. Yay! They'll, oh, the, by the way,
1: are the most fun for, for DMS. <laughs> for anyone who
2: can't tell yet, our theme today is not to do drugs,
1: right?
0: Yes, Jay. Yes. Okay. It is. I smoke weed. Every day? <laughs> Every day? God, God, I wish. A little too just slightly too slow there, Jay. Slightly too slow. I can't believe
1: we both thought of that being sexy in time. I mean, it's kinda of, it's kind of a lazy joke. It's like saying four twenty, like, oh great. What oh was look it? at you.
0: What was it? Uh Warning, smoking pot can lead to many dangerous side effects, such as never shutting the hell up about the fact that you smoke pot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the first time you heard about it for me, but yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I, I never shut up about it. What has this been, like 13 weeks now we know each other? No, I...
0: No, I was just talking in general.
1: Yeah, no, totally.
0: Oh. No. So the, like, the fact that you don't. felt the need to suddenly announce it... Uh, just because we are slightly, just slightly in the ballpark of that topic, does raise some questions.
1: <laughs> slightly? No, you said it's, a, it's not. It's against drugs. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and diminish that point completely now, because I want to, because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's my personality. Yeah, yeah no, sure. totally. We're, we're, I'm completely out of faith, yeah.
0: We're, no, we're you're all, right. We're, we're all very impressed by how adult you are smoking the drugs, Noah. <laughs> Doing drugs in D&D leads to stat loss. Yeah, <laughs> I actually don't know. I don't think there are drugs in the <laughs> ending, Are other. <laughs> I don't know. Let's move on to our next news item. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is, this news item involves Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, which is the game we are playing in our campaign. You guys didn't know that, right? Hey. No, I, I thought it was like third. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, Noah, you didn't know that as well.
1: Uh. I have the 5th edition rulebook, so that when we have an issue, I can look at it. So no, I didn't know. I had no idea. <laughs>
0: okay. That's that's because you're baked, Noah.
1: Uh, I'm so... Alright. stoned.
0: Alright, so, a while back, Wizards announced that they were going to be releasing the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide, which will come out right around the time of the video game Sword Coast Legends... And it will be a the first official setting rulebook for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. It will focus yeah. on the Sword Coast region of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, specifically, they have mentioned in press materials the cities of Waterdeep, Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter, and Luskin. So...
2: Wait, Neverwinter, Baldur's Gate, those are part of D&D? yes. Yep. Should I be really, should I get, feel really stupid for not knowing that? Yes. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I knew that, and I don't even really they're, follow them. They're <laughs> forgotten, they're set in the forgotten realm, so. Well, that's why you forgot.
0: Yeah. yeah <laughs> obviously. Alright, well, the, uh, Sword Coast Adventurers Guide will... They've been... I lost my train of thought. Well, what was I gonna say? I don't know
2: that they were making the Sword Curse book.
0: Oh, uh, recently on the uh, Dragon Plus app, they had an article with the lead designer of the book, and he explained. He let slip a couple of the things that we can expect to see in it, uh, in regards to character options. Okay, so we are. Yes, we are finally going to be seeing some more official character options. Although this time, unlike the last time, it's not free. <laughs> oh. Uh, specifically, he has announced that there is. Uh, I'm going to quote this uh, one question and answer. I actually screen capped it because I didn't want because I wanted it for reference and I didn't want to wait to. open. I didn't want to open up the Dragon Plus app on my phone during this and then wait like five minutes while it loaded because that app is awful. Okay. Uh, the question was, what are your favorite character options in the book? And his response was, how to choose? I don't know why I did that voice. (laughs) I like the half-elf and tiefling variant options, which pack a lot of, which pack a lot into a small space in terms of customizing those races for the realms to reflect their unique heritage. I'm a big fan of the Oath of the Crown option for paladins, owing allegiance to the ideals of civilization and service to a sovereign nation or deity of law and rulership, because it's perfect for civil for chivalrous chivalrous champions, tongue twister there, and battlefield leaders. The Undying Warlock patron makes for some tough warlocks, and also manages to slip in some fun multiversal references. So, basically, what I'm getting from that is that we're getting uh. Half-Elves and Tieflings are getting sub-races. Oh. Uh, the Paladin, obviously, is getting a new Oath, and he actually explained what that was, Oath of the Crown, and what that entailed. Sounds the cool. one that interests me, because I'm not entirely sure what he, what he's referencing, is the new Warlock Patron, the Undying. Is that
2: like a new Patron or a new it's Class a, it's
0: of a new Patron? Pa- new, I assume that it works like Warlock Patrons in the current book, where it's just a type of Patron you can choose from. Yeah, that's
2: what I meant. A, it so, tells me specific like, new patron you could choose, or is look, a there are no specific so you can
0: choose rulebook. Well, it's fiend, archfey, or great old. Oh, really?
2: It tells though. Give, it it did give like examples
0: yeah. of things undying of. Dying, uh, uh, I'm not sure if that refers to something specific in the Forgotten Realms. I kind of like.
2: You, I think you mentioned it a little while ago. And my first thought is like really powerful undead
0: beings. And I know that in in the Eberron setting it does feature beings called Undying, and they're they are basically um, the leaders of the Aerenal elves because the Aerenal elves practice a weird form of ancestor worship where the ancestors they're worshiping are undead and still around, so they can seek counsel from them, oh. and they're <laughs> called the Undying. <laughs> That 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 makes sense. But since the uh, since the adventurers guide is set in the Sword Coast is set in uh, Forgotten Realms and not Eberron, I'm assuming that that's not what he's referring to. But then again, he said it Probably mentioned not. that it involves fun multiversal yep. references, so maybe, yeah. maybe. You think they'd save that for like the uh, Eberron book, and even then, it would be more appropriate. Since undying are technically the center of a religion, would be more appropriate. That would be more appropriate for clerics.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: So your th- it's a
1: it has a cool yeah. name.
0: That's why I think it's yeah. also the name of the final boss of Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, I don't think that that's what they're going so for either. <laughs> we should
1: we should decide which one is the real. Which
0: <laughs> one? You know what I mean? Which one? Alright, so, uh, what, what are you guys hoping to see in the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide? Um.
1: Not too sure.
2: I don't really know much about s- the Sword Coast. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> so, I don't really know what to expect. I, I but... hope
1: that they improve everything.
0: Okay. What What <laughs> class options, just in general, are you hoping to see? Like, in future supplements. Oh, for
1: like, um,
2: some kind of necromancer or summoner. Oh, there's class all, there's always, already a fun.
0: necromancy school that you can focus on for wizards.
2: Okay, I meant, like, something more specifically based around summoning. I said necromancy just because I like summoning undead, mostly.
0: Noah?
1: I don't know. Uh, maybe, uh... I, I really have no idea. This is... I don't have much input, I'm sorry.
0: Rolling ones. The podcast where we just have nothing to talk about. Right.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm playing a mobile game right you. now. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> um, just make sure your vault dwellers don't die. Don't die in. No, no, that's
1: not what I'm playing. No,
0: <laughs> that's what I. That's what I've been
1: playing. I'm playing. Clash of Clans. Like, yeah.
2: Um, I was actually thinking there was something. There was a... Not... Yeah, it was I think it was like a homebrew or something. But there was this one race that I saw in like an older version of D&D in someone else's game. And I'm pretty sure it was just a homebrew thing. Or like in a non-official third-party book. And it was... um, on. Uh, like the good version of Rakshasa. I can't remember good what
0: they're called. Of yeah. Well
2: like... There were these things that were basically like Rakshasa, but good-aligned. And if they t- if they turn evil, they turn into Rakshasas
0: the next time they There's a there's Is a fourth edition race like that. Deva. Oh,
2: yeah, what's it called? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. I've only ever seen that, and not in like third-party books and stuff no, like that. D- though. The, the Devas, like devas are an no
0: thing in fourth edition. They're a race of basically um earthbound angels and.
2: Yeah, yeah. I like this them again because they're like one of my favorite races. My favorite races are
0: Tieflings and the thing is about Davas is that um, he took their name in fourth edition. They took their name from what in previous editions was a type of angel, and in fifth edition that that angel's back in the monster manual.
2: Oh, so they probably have to give my new name or something.
0: They're probably not going to import Davas because Davas were basically created for fourth edition, and they're. At most, they're probably just yeah. going to release a non-DMG version of the Asomar.
2: Yeah. There was no, but, uh, also something, I think it was a background called like, Chaos Blown
1: or something like that. That was pretty cool. I don't know what that is, though, so I don't know why I brought it up. Um, You know, what would be cool is a uh, like an archetype that focused a lot on dual wielding. I'm yeah. sure Rangers have one of those. Yeah. yeah. Do they? Well, there you go. <laughs> it shows you how much I know.
0: Rolling ones. We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, you know what? That's nice. I like that you included yourselves into my mistakes <laughs> every time. I like that. It's it, it's like I'm it's like I'm not feeling alone.
0: Yay! All right, so, in case for those of you playing at home, uh. Our theme for today is Dungeons and Dragons, the biggest role-playing game in the world. The role-playing game that, even if you have no idea what a role-playing game is, you've probably at least heard of it somewhere.
1: I've never heard of it. What is this thing we're talking
0: about? Your mom.
1: Uh, it's kind of it's, it's kind of like Pathfinder. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs>
0: It's like Shadowrun, but without the cyberpunk. It's that fancy yes. version of stars <laughs> button numbers,
1: right?
0: <laughs> uh, well, Max, anyways. So, I figured it would be nice to give a brief overview of the history of Dungeons & Dragons. How the game came to be, how it evolved into what it is today. Our are of you gonna jump in, or am I gonna do the whole history myself? You guys didn't bother looking up what the history was, so what, did you? Wait, wait, wait! wait. Uh, you, you,
1: no. you, already gave like a brief overview of the history, right? It started out as chainmail. I mentioned, name, I mentioned and the it was origins, like a war briefly, game.
0: But the, I'm getting, This is more slightly more in depth.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know anything about the origins, man. It, it That's all you.
0: AD and D. I know that
2: much. Okay. I think. Yeah, so basically, that, that's just I other said the for like, the that we're
0: going to be talking about, and you guys didn't bother to do any research.
1: I just figured you had it. Okay, well, you know what? A future reference, <laughs> so I will do that in the future,
0: okay?
2: I, I'm just going to open up a tab for no
1: reason why, at all. Why
0: do I even have part yeah. in this podcast?
1: <laughs> I have no idea why we're here. Because you'd, be, uh. you'd
0: get lonely, you know? Would I, though? Would I? Yes, I would.
1: Yes. I mean, you'd probably lose motivation really quick if you were just talking to nobody for like an hour. We and make, if you didn't, you'd go crazy.
0: you loneliness fun. Alright, so, <clears throat> as I mentioned last episode, uh, Dungeons & Dragons began as a supplement for a war game called Chainmail. And the original version of D, the original versions of D&D assumed that you are familiar with wargaming in general and chainmail in specific. Uh, it ended up growing, uh, in popularity beyond that. And soon they started releasing, and soon O-Original D&D, or OD&D as people sometimes refer to it, uh, became its own thing. And with, and they started releasing a lot of different box sets and a lot of different versions of it, and so when people say OD&D, they're referring, they could be referring to one of a number of different rele- releases. Uh, there was the Moldvay version, I think is how it's pronounced. Moldvay or Moldvay, I don't know. Uh, there's Beckme, BX, uh, Holmes Basic. Uh, ba- basically just a bunch of different releases. And eventually, the game was sort of consolidated and then split so that you had two Dungeons & Dragons lines. Basic Dungeons and & Dragons and Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. You you have heard of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, oh. correct? Yeah. That yes, AD&D. AD. Right?
1: Okay. I only heard of AD&D, okay. actually. Cause it's because, like, um... It's only because, like, on rule 20 just... It lists AD and D, and I don't don't remember seeing just regular D and D first edition.
0: Yeah, indeed. Uh, When people refer, this is Advanced Dungeons and Dragons is indeed where the edition numbering began, uh, because it eventually received its own little rules update, which was called Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Second Edition. Yay! Yay! And lo, the E's were born. Moving up in the world, and um. The game at the time was owned by the company TSR, and throughout the 90s, TSR published a lot of stuff. Like, they were just putting out box sets and supplements and books, and just constantly, and they were commissioning all these people to write novels, and they ended up... So they're just throwing stuff at the wall. Yeah, what happened was that TSR ended up oversaturating (laughs) the market, and competing with themselves. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, whoops. Hold <laughs> on, guys.
2: You know what you're doing. You're all good. I have no idea what the hell that was about. Uh, just mock people who...
0: Didn't, I thought you didn't were, like, how business, bowing out for a second and telling us to just keep going.
2: <laughs> no, 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 I was mocking the people
1: who didn't. Yeah. Who, I'm, all, I'm also going to leave, Sean. Good. You're, you're just going to go by
0: yourself for a little while. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's how you feel. No, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. No, you know I love you.
1: It's okay. I love you too.
0: No, no, how Group hug. If you we were home if home physically
1: home able home. to. I mean, uh, we're separating these yeah, right that are funnier than us.
0: Alright, where was I? Yes, I was. Oh yeah, over TSR there. screwed themselves over with AD&D. Um, yeah, basically TSR, in addition, to what mu- what you what like what money they could make and what ended up getting mismanaged. Uh, I believe there at some point there was like someone who was running the company who was basically just embezzling the hell out of it. <laughs> and so by beautiful. the end of the 90s, and also I should also mention that during the 90s uh, there was sort of a new wave of RPGs. This was when White Wolf got real popular with their World of Darkness games. Oh, and, which you can tell because what Vampire is. the Masquerade is like the most nineties thing ever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, you know I've only kind of skimmed through the rule book. I should probably <laughs> take a
0: closer look at it. But um That's- so yeah, by the end of the nineties T S R was bankrupt. Yeah. Why are you cheer okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> He
1: doesn't understand capitalism, he's a communist
0: uh,
2: They sound like they weren't doing very well So I kind of figured we were glad they were gone And that new people probably took that over
0: That's perfectly reasonable, comrade All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well hey, it's capitalism You want to, the people who are making money The people who are failing
1: don't, he, We don't
0: oh. get that
1: Look, he's in Canada, he's a socialist right? He doesn't understand these things Steps in and Are saves we them.
0: just going to be talking about economic theories every episode? or Please? I would like yeah, to. No, I mean, can no. we do this? We, we also need to bring up <laughs> psychology at some point. The ethical right, conduct of psychology. The, we're moving on. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, TSR went bankrupt, and so Dungeons & Dragons was purchased by a company... That at the time was known primarily for a trading card game, and I am talking, of course, about Wizards of the Coast, the things. the creators of Magic: right? The Gathering. Which is awesome. In fact,
1: I have never played that.
0: Noob. In fact, uh... <laughs> not me. Got recently. In fact, uh, Magic: The Gathering actually very was actually inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. So. This was sense. basically a bunch of D and D fans buying their fav buying one of their favorite games. <laughs> hey, now I can use the uh, ascended yes. fanboy thing. So, uh, Wizards of the Coast ended up creating their own version of Dungeons and Dragons, which they released as Dungeons and Dragons Third Edition, following from the D and D numbering. And 3rd Edition was very successful, and a key part of that success was the open gaming license, um, which basically, if you wanted to make your own game, you could use the core rules for Dungeons & Dragons 3rd Edition for free, just as long as you credited them, and right. also your game would require the 3rd Edition Player's Handbook in order to be run. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, okay funny.
0: So I looked up uh, hi- a history, 40 years of D&D, right?
2: And one of the things it lists for 2000 is Gary Gygax's guest appearance on Futurama. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's an important that part of That is a very history important history. part
0: of his history. Because um, Yes. Stephen Hawking, also, it in also lists Stephen the Hawking and Al Gore were in that episode. And also, um what oh god, what's her name? Michelle yes, Nichols. Thank you. I was about to be attacked by an internet lynch mob for forgetting her name.
2: Interestingly enough, this thing lists where he plays D and D with Al Gore, Stephen Hawking, and yeah. others.
0: Yeah, they. I remember that episode. They um get um because it's like a secret yeah. group. It's like Al Gore's secret group of people prevent like keeping the universe running, and they're trying to stop Fry because yeah. he's going to destroy the space time continuum by accident, and and him, then he as, does, anyways. Headline, like you will destroy the entire space time continuum, and as an environmentalist, I'm against that
1: yeah
2: else oh, it, the uh the jeremy irons d d movie
0: <laughs> let's not talk let's this not is talk the, about that
2: this is the greatest history of d d
1: thing i've Let ever seen
0: all right so yeah so third edition eventually ended up getting its own little rules update uh edition 3.5 and i'm not entirely sure what deci- i'm not entirely sure if decibels are super appropriate like, decimals are super appropriate for a fantasy, medieval European fantasy world, <laughs> but okay.
1: Well, why did they do that, anyway? Was, like, point, F- was the change between 3 and 3.5, like, greater than, really uh, sorry, less, less than the change between, like, 2 and 3? Uh,
0: th- like, it was or- less than the change between 2 and 3, but I think it was roughly equivalent to the change between 1 and 2.
1: Oh, so pretty
0: much it is 1 wanted 2.
2: Basically, they just didn't want to be seem to be moving too fast. So
1: like, it was, oh, it was is, still the same
0: core s- system. S- they s- just s- tweaked s- it a bit to make it run better.
1: Ah, okay, there you go. Okay, well, then it makes sense for it to be a, a decimal. Yeah,
0: and uh, they, I should also mention uh, at the time that the, at this time uh, the traditional magazines associated with the game, Dungeon Magazine and Dragon Magazine, were being published by a company called Pizo remember them, kids. They will be important later (laughs) on. (laughs) But, yeah, anyway, um, after a few years of enjoying success with 3.5, Wizards decided it was time to move on with a fourth edition of the game. Fourth edition was slightly controversial. Slightly? Slightly. Uh, so it changed, it changed a lot. Fourth edition is often compared to video games, and I mean it's not—it's not exactly an unfair comparison, but I feel like people who make the comparison are simplifying it a bit.
1: Uh, wait—they compare between what? Because like your microphone is uh, weird for me on my end. Yeah, you. Oh. Oh. Okay. Wait. That—that actually. So that didn't come out at
0: all. What I just said. No. Wow. Yeah, I really need a new mic. We were just
1: politely being silent, and I was like, "You know what? No, <laughs> like I'm gonna break I, the silence." I, I really
0: need a new mic. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: basically,
2: so. all that got cut off was um the part where you, you were talking about like uh why for what the fourth edition was compared to. You're like fourth yeah. edition is com- commonly compared to, which is not an unfair <laughs> comparison. <laughs>
1: For me, it was, like, more like... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, there, it sounded like a connection issue
0: more than oh, anything. Okay. Yeah. okay, well, um... So, yeah. 4th edition was very much more focused on tactical combat. That is where 4th edition shined. Everything else uh yeah. didn't really... 4th edition is not really a rule set for much else. <laughs> um... And you could see this This was a big issue, because the older games were very much built on this sword and sorcery, uh, go into these dungeons and seek your fortune, Battles of type type deal. While 4th Edition was more like, you are a badass, go forth and be badass. <laughs> yeah. And this, it was a huge paradigm shift, and you can see, like, the effects of this if you look at the older, like, 4th Edition stuff. Like, the very first adventure they released for it, Keeper on the Shadowfell, was really not good. <laughs> I, I've played through Keeper on the Shadowfell. It is a very tedious adventure because it's it's a dungeon crawl. You're, you're in a big dungeon, you're fighting waves of samey enemies, and in 4th edition, the way the combat engine works, it can take a really long time. So, dungeon crawls yeah. don't work well with 4th edition. 4th edition is a... System that's designed that works best uh, when you've got like a that works best when you're alternating between art between role playing and then combat encounters like big set piece battle combat encounter and then you go back to role playing for a bit. Yeah. Uh, the so a lot of, a lot of fan a lot of D D fans immediately just cried foul because they couldn't really play the same game they were playing with fourth edition. I mean, they could, but it would take forever. <laughs> and uh, at the same time, Wizards mo- Wizards uh, decided to bring their two magazines back in-house and release them digitally only. Which kind of left Paizo no. in the dust. Poor Paizo. Oh, Noah's going to get pizza and drink. He couldn't say that in the podcast okay. itself. Just had to message me to it. Had to message us. What yep. a coward. Let's talk about him behind his back while he's gone.
1: <laughs>
2: nah, 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 we don't want to waste the time.
0: Oh. You're that, Noah? Right. you are. <clears throat> nah, I'm kidding. Love you, Noah. So, soon. to continue with our story, Noah is a big stupid idiot. Well, I mean, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, he's going to listen to this later and be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kidding, Noah. You're, we're saying this with love, Noah.
2: Yep, we love you, Noah. Come back soon. All right.
0: So what? Not too soon. <laughs> so um, Paizo faced with the backlash of against D anD D against fourth edition they decided to take the open gaming license and the 3.5d20 system and use it to create their own game pathfinder which is basically a tweaked ver- which is basically a cleaned up version of 3.5 and one of my
2: favorite versions
0: and so pathfinder became dungeons and dragons biggest competitor now there is there is this some there is oh, some stickering about when exactly Pathfinder over overtook sales of D and D. Uh the bickering is not helped by the fact that it's really hard to get hard sales data for Dungeons and Dragons. The closest you can for for RPG and the closest you can get is a um the closest you can get is basically data from a bunch of different game shops, but that hardly accounts for anything.
2: Yeah. By the way, going back to that thing I was looking at, I can't find any mention of Pathfinder being created, but it does mention that the second episode uh, of Community that was based on Dun- that that was uh, centered on Dungeons and Dragons aired in twenty
0: eleven. Interesting. Huh.
1: Well, that's more yes, important, you know. <laughs> I just you need to know it more.
0: <laughs> I love this history. So it's great. Fourth edition eventually received Let's... its own update called Essentials. And Essentials was, from a marketing standpoint, a disaster. (laughs) Because no one knew what the hell Essentials was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was, like, on one hand, they were saying that it was, like, supposed to be this great entry point for new players. But on the other hand, they were also... Essentials also redesigned a lot of the classes to make them more in line with the older edition versions of the classes, which would seem like they're trying to appeal to older players. And it's just... The whole thing was this marketing nightmare, and they never really communicated what they were trying to accomplish with the Essentials books. Yeah. The general consensus I've seen is that the player-facing Essentials material is very take-it-or-leave-it, but the (coughs) DM-facing... Essentials material is basically, actually is essential. Uh, the, in particular, the Rules Compendium and the Monster Vault are both considered to be some of the best books 4th edition put out. Monster Vault. Yeah, the Monster right Vault was, ba- was basically the Essentials <laughs> version of the Monster Manual.
1: Yeah, it sounds like they should have uh, been more upfront with what it
0: was uh, yeah. all about. And they quickly dropped the essentials line and just went back to the normal fourth edition hardcover books. Because essentials, one of, I I will give essentials this, it was very, it was less expensive than the normal books because the essentials books were these softcover digest size things. And so like, like the, the player's handbook for fourth edition costs like forty dollars, the essentials equivalent costs twenty.
2: Essentials was the game that you ran.
0: My right? first essentials was my entry point to Dungeons and Dragons, so they did get one new player from it, at least.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and kind of too.
0: Um.
1: So overall, how would you um, how would you rate how would you rate essentials? How was
0: it's, it? It's okay. Yeah. The classes are the essentials versions of the classes are less interesting than the um core fourth edition classes, if only because like they went back to fighters and rogues not like doing normal basic attacks every round instead of having a bunch of cool powers. But I mean it's it's basically the same game, just slightly different. Although Righteous
2: Radiance is awesome and I wish it was Essentials
0: and normal fourth edition are one hundred percent compatible with each other. Hmm. Yay. Um
1: it sounds like um it was designed yeah.
0: to be uh, like the fine like the final few years of fourth edition are generally consi- like one one thing i noted uh in a couple discussions i've read about this is that fourth edition appears to be the only edition where people prefer where a lot of people prefer the ga- the books that came out at the tail end of its life cycle because the general consensus is that for like second edition and third edition and stuff the books that came out towards the tail end generally were not very good. But with 4th edition the books that came out the tail end included stuff like the Neverwinter campaign setting and the Shadowfell box set and those were all un- which were like really well liked and really well received. Yay. In fact, the Neverwinter campaign setting is one of my favorite RPG books. Awesome. And I don't even like the Forgotten Realms. Alright, and um... Yeah. Anyway, Wizards of the Coast decided... That they needed a, they needed to create a fifth edition, and so they started doing surveys and play tests for D and D next, as they called it. And during like the two years this was going on, there were no new releases for fourth edition whatsoever. Mm. And this was the point where it became where, Pi- where pathfinder sort of unambiguously defeated Dungeons and Dragons as king of RPG sales. Yay. Because Pathfinder was because Paizo was still publishing stuff. And at <laughs> the same time Paizo was also forging its own identity <laughs> with Pathfinder. Pathfinder is no longer just 3.5 D&D. It's got its own setting, its own crazy class crazy classes and crazy rules and stuff.
1: Yeah. Sounds like a sounds like They were really confident with the next edition of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, though.
0: Like, and when it finally came out, they they, turns out they should have been confident because fifth edition sold insanely well when it came out a year ago. Awesome! Did
2: they overtake Paizo
1: or not?
0: Oh yeah, they crushed Paizo with fifth edition. (laughs) Like even the Ah, designers of fifth edition, because there are only like eight people working on D anD D five. Like a small handful of people, even they are were completely shocked at how well the edition went.
1: And that's the I one mean, we're playing now. Yes, it's it is it is Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, and
0: Fifth Edition was also why we hailed his return to form. Yeah, uh, I've seen a lot of people compare it to AD and D Second Edition. Like I've a couple of people say that it's basically AD and D Second Edition, but if they took like the feel of it and put it over a Third Edition skeleton.
1: That just sounds gross. Yeah, that,
0: that is kind of... I, I realized as I was saying that, that was really gross.
1: Bone transplant, yeah. <laughs> so it's like transplanting the bones out of a person into another person, you know? And it's just like that.
0: So 5th edition is really well liked by a lot of, like... A lot of old 3rd edition fans really like it. A lot of, a lot of AD&D fans really like it. Uh, there are a couple couple 4th edition fans who finally get to be grognards. Uh, side note, a grognard is a term in RPG fandom for someone who prefers older editions of things and doesn't like all this newfangled stuff that the kids are playing these days. <laughs> 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 so, for- That's a good yeah, name so for them. 4th edition fans finally get a chance to be grognards. <laughs> uh, yeah, 5th edition seems to be one of the most popular versions of the game so far. Like its sales, it. I think it made it on like the. I think like the books made like like, a top bunch of bestseller lists, and the. Like, there were articles about it in like respectable publications. (laughs) Getting
2: to the top of a bestsellers list is pretty impressive, but it's not incredibly impressive until
0: you actually
1: overtake the Bible's
0: record. Well, it's impressive for an RPG book.
1: Yeah, if something if something overtook the Bible, that would be like crazy. Because like, it would have been selling, like it's selling for like a week, and it overtakes the Bible. Like everyone's mind should be blown, like into outer space. That's crazy. It's yep. been it's been for sale for thousands of years. Although, actually, wasn't it overtaken at one point by like a
2: gardening book for like a few seconds? I
1: have no idea. <laughs> yeah, if it was like that's actually disappointing. Like I was, I would hope it'd be something more exciting than a gardening book.
0: It was Adam and Eve's revenge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was Ed and Eve too. Yes, that's no. It was Genesis too. <laughs> was.
0: So now that we've gone over the history of Dungeons and Dragons, what are your guys' thoughts on the game?
2: Um. I have not had much experience with Halo (laughs) Town RPGs outside of Dungeons & Dragons. I've tried Call of Cthulhu, small amount of Shadowrun, small amount of Paranoia, not really much experience of anything but D&D, but... and Pathfinder, I guess, but they're kind of still the same thing in a lot of ways. But it's definitely (laughs) one of my favorite systems that I've tried so far. Mm -hmm. As I've said, that doesn't mean much. (laughs) And, uh... my My favorite race is Tieflings. My... Favorite class is Paladin, surprisingly, to me, anyways.
1: Uh, although I'm really liking Cleric now that I've tried it. I, uh... I think that, uh, I, I really appreciate all the effort they put into it, you know? It it shows, uh... Well, I, I would... I want to say it shows dedication to it, um... But, really, I mean, let's be honest here. They're showing dedication to the money they're getting from it. But still, you know... <laughs> I still appreciate their the quality of the products that they're producing, and I and I, I hope to see fruit future editions.
0: Yeah, the, um, fifth edition is kind of interesting because there aren't very many. They have, they barely released really anything for it. Like this, at, we're a year into fifth edition. At this point, like third and fourth edition had at least ten element books already released at this point. <laughs> um, huh. With fifth edition, <laughs> it really seems like they're trying like. The goal of the edition was just to keep the brand alive.
2: It's also possible they're just putting a lot more work into stuff fifth edition. That's why it's taking so long. Well, much
0: longer. they're outsourcing a ton of stuff too. Like all oh. of the all of the adventures they've released for it, except maybe for the starter set adventure, Lost Minds of Vandelver. Like every adventure they released for it was have been outsourced to a different publisher. And even the Sword Coast Adventures Guide is partially written by Green Ronin. Wow. And it but like I said, there's only like a very small handful of people working on the game. Yeah. And yeah. Wizard of the Coast at some point got purchased by Hasbro. And Hasbro seems to be interested in DD primarily as a brand. Because it is a recognizable yeah. brand. There's not much money to be made in <laughs> RPGs, but the D and D brand, now that.
1: <laughs> I still oh, don't wanna uh, yeah, see some see. toys and Toys R Us for like you know, port- purchasable like orc figures or whatever. You know?
0: But I mean you can see you can see evidence of this because like the Sword Coast Adventures guide comes out around roughly around the same time as the video game Sword Coast Adventures. That's that's brand synergy, my friend. Yeah. Oh, what a
1: weird coincidence!
0: (laughs) After
2: since you've made me aware that Hasbro, you know, owns D anD D, essentially, I've been really wanting to make a campaign wherein the player characters buy up parts of a city and eventually kill a guy who looks like money (laughs) bags.
0: Thing is, I don't think Hasbro really cares about D anD D. Like this, this last year was the first time it even showed up on their like on their yearly financial reports. Like, but however, they are very interested in because they recently announced that they're moving, finally moving forward with a new D and D movie. Yeah. And they very, they seem to be really interested in that. Um, they had a long court battle to get the right to get the movie rights back back for it.
2: I I can imagine. And
0: yeah, I I think that um Hasbro wants Hasbro thinks it can use Dungeons and Dragons to try to do what Marvel did. Oh my god. Oh god, would... they want to
2: create a D&D universe?
0: Yeah, I think that's what they want that to do. That could
2: either be the worst thing ever made, or actually really awesome.
0: But they need to no, get Jimmy Reigns to that... play someone in it. No, here's, here's what I think they should do with it. Um, I think that they should have one film series per uh, campaign setting. So like one Forgotten yeah, Rons series, thinking. one Eberron series. And then they should you and then they should have like a Planescape movie or something in order to cross them over with. Yeah, that actually would
1: be really cool. Yeah, it would also incentivize releasing more uh, campaigns. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, give me my Eberron and Ravenloft campaigns. Ravenloft. Seven. No, actually, they um they had they did they released because fifth the uh, Wizards team has been releasing surveys like every month. And one of them was about campaign settings, and they actually released the results of the survey, of that survey a while back. And they basically said that, yeah, the campaign settings in terms of how many, of which ones people want to see can be divided basically into three tiers. Uh, the first tier has five settings, and these are like the five most popular ones. Okay. And they are Forgotten Realms, obviously, um, Eberron, Dark Sun, Ravenloft, and Planescape. Awesome. <clears throat> and you know that makes sense. Uh, Forgotten Realms is like the the setting that they've been pushing a lot. It's always been like the biggest campaign setting. It's in the D&D. basic D
2: and D setting, right? Or is that great?
0: Uh, it, it, it as a fifth edition, it might as well be because all the fifth edition adventures are set in it. Uh, it's basically being used as the baseline. Okay. Me. Um, Eberron. Uh, it's it's. Probably the, the newest setting, aside from the, well, I guess aside from Nintire Veil, which was the fourth edition um, default setting. But Eberron, Eberron, I think came out in like two thousand three. Maybe. Oh wait, wasn't
2: part of Essentials? You
0: just were using it as the place for our Essentials, game? Oh no, Eberron, Eberron uh, won a contest. Oh so. okay. Incidentally, the guy who wrote Order of the Stick, his setting came in second place. Oh
2: well, his setting. <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't know anything about because Wizards technically owns the top three settings from that contest. Ah,
2: so they might still use it, basically. Probably not. Probably not, but I mean, if they
1: own it, they probably own it for a reason. But,
0: uh, <laughs> but they'll, they'll mean, use it <laughs> like when they yeah. run
1: out of like <clears throat> they run out of like their own ideas, like the <laughs> and they want to make more money. Like, okay, this guy's
0: so yeah. Eber- Eberon was kind of popular just because it was so different when it came out and it was one of the few settings that got a fourth edition right up so it makes sense that it's still really popular same with dark sun because it had a it was really successful with fourth edition with its fourth edition version too yeah. even though it's there was no third edition dark sun it skipped from 2e to 4e <laughs> um planescape at first i thought that's kind of odd but it makes sense because planescape is very popular with AD&D fans and as we established, a lot of AD and D fans really like Fifth Edition. Not to mention, at the same time, Planescape's
2: just an awesome idea. Moving between different places, at the same time,
0: Planescape, Planescape, is also the setting of one of the of like what is considered to be one of the best uh, computer RPGs ever made, Planescape Torment. Yeah. So the only one that I really think that really does that really does kind of surprise me is Ravenloft's placement in the top five.
2: I'm not surprised. Everyone loves yeah, I mean, I like gothic horror.
0: I just didn't realize it was that big.
2: Everyone loves ye old gothic horror.
0: Yeah.
2: So my boy wants don't... something
0: right
1: now. Well, that yeah. everything else. Know, sorry, what was that, Noah? I know nothing about campaign settings, so... Um, yeah. I'm kind of... I thought me- you were saying
0: you don't like gothic horror.
1: <laughs> no. Oh, that sounds kind of cool, but yeah, no. I don't know anything about any of these campaign settings, so... I can't. I can't tell you if I'm surprised or not.
0: I think the uh, second tier campaign settings. There was a there was a small demand for it, but not much. Uh, that those would be Greyhawk, Dragonlance, and Spelljammer.
2: Somehow, I knew Dragonlance would end up in the second tier.
0: Yeah. Uh, they might might or might not release fifth edition treatments for those settings. Who knows? And then everything else was tier three, which was basically no one was really asking for this.
1: <laughs> hey. what's um? Was there like a campaign setting that, like, when you that—that's like absolutely horrible.
0: Uh, pff. that you there know, been of. a few that no one really liked, but honest, there, uh, they're like, I'm not really sure if there's any that have been super horrible. There have been some that were released and then forgotten. Like I don't think anyone remembers Ghost Walk. Nope. Ghost Walk was like the Ghost Walk was the first setting they released for third edition, and no, and everyone promptly forgot it.
1: <laughs> did uh. you uh, Did you ever see it?
0: Or I I actually my um, local game store has a used copy of it for sale for like eighteen bucks. I flipped through it a few times.
1: Huh? Does it seem interesting? Or? Uh, well. It's just it interesting thing is
0: the fact that the dead uh, have to wander across the earth in order to, get, to go to go their final resting place, which is why it's called Ghost Walk.
1: But oh, other than boring. that,
0: other than that, it just seems really like other than that, it's like eh, whatever.
1: Oh. Okay. So, well,
0: so Noah, yeah. favorite favorite thing about Dungeons and Dragons? Go.
1: My favorite thing about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, well, I mean. I, I guess my favorite thing about Dungeons and Dragons would just be my favorite thing about tabletop role playing games altogether, which is just how many options I have. You know? That's it's a very it's a very, very wide hallway, that's what I like to call it. Why? Because hall? when you because when it doesn't have direction, it's boring. So of course it has direction. You know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. I guess that makes sense. Everybody,
1: get on the railroad. <laughs> choo <Choo-choo>. choo. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, I'm gonna go take a different train. Is what some
0: players say.
2: And then your train yeah. goes directly into a wall.
0: Fun fact: in in the Eberron setting, there are trains. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? Yes. Eberron cool. has Eberron has a um, magical has a system of magical trains. They're called the Lightning Rail. Hmm. That's cool. They're they're primarily introduced because Eberron is supposed to be a really peace setting so they primarily ah. exist so that players can have rooftop battles on top of them. Nice.
2: <laughs> and any time I think of that, I think of one of two things. Bacano or Archer, where it's like, <laughs> never, ever fighting off of a
0: train. <laughs> oh god, my eyes! <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Put this in a notebook. There's never yeah, yeah. any reason to ever fight on top of a train, moving train. Yeah. What if it's, they have a helicopter? What if shut up?
1: It's it's funny too. It's like they do it with such ease. Like yeah, I'm effortlessly staying. I'm, I'm you know staying on my feet. I I also have no trouble seeing. Like this is perfectly fine. and I can breathe normally too <laughs> while fighting. Yep.
0: Love Got love that a bit, episode though. where he gets, a, he's all excited to be on the roof on, like, the train-top battle, and then he stands up and immediately screams in pain as the air rushes into his eyes and falls <laughs> <Yeah>. over. <laughs> that was a great episode. <laughs> the the freaking ocelot running around peeing on everything.
2: <laughs> yeah. Get him, boys, he's kapust... Cup- cup- <laughs> I actually have to look up what that meant. <laughs> that was actually one of the first times I had to look up something. <laughs> Like, look up a word. Oh, man. Um, I was gonna say something. Oh, yeah. Regardless of whether how stupid it is or not, though, fighting on top of a train definitely looks awesome in movies yes, and stuff. It
0: yes, it does. In the, um, 4th edition Eberron campaign guide, one of the chapter, like, chapter, um, paintings is this insanely cool picture. Or there's like a warforged hanging off of a hang off of an airship above. Like, hold—he's like, he's he's got one hand on the airship, and he's on his other hand, he's got like a sword, and he's looking down at this uh, lightning rail train that's speeding down below him, like he's about to jump onto it.
1: Oh, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) It it seems like he
0: could have waited a little bit though before falling down and not be awesome.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, would be, rather be, be awesome or be alive?
0: Like, I don't know.
1: Awesome. He's Definitely. a war force.
0: She's a magical robot.
1: All right, fun.
2: <laughs> I wonder if they'd ever make it yeah, like so, a so modern day. T- so take day.
0: that, so take that, Mister. Nothing can be fun.
2: I wonder if they'd I'd ever say make that like a modern day D anD D campaign setting that was still like fitting the fantasy magical mold
0: and stuff. The, uh... The newest unearthed Arcana article is actually about exactly that. Oh really? Yeah, it's um got it's got like um a ghost in the machine patron for warlocks and like special spells for urban environments and stuff.
2: Oh that's cool.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
2: You like, do that. I think that would be that would be kinda awesome to play D and D with like normal D and D, but in like a modern setting. And oh, no, Modern a- a- and LARPing, oh, no. but
1: without pretending that you're somewhere else. <laughs> no, D <D&D> and D in Detroit.
0: <laughs> in Detroit, it, do- it does have a lot of ruins for you to explore.
1: We'll uh, we'll we'll become coke dealers, and uh oh, and the God. cops won't care. I D&D saw this. 19- I saw this
0: story 19- online. Someone was talking about their experiences with LARPing, and they said he was in a Shadowrun LARP that seemed really cool at the time. Like oh. Know- one Yeah, I saw that thing. like they were going around on mish on secret missions and stuff. But he started to become he started wondering why every single mission seemed to involve picking up a package from one place and moving it and putting it somewhere else. <laughs> and it oh and then like everyone in the LARP got arrested because the guy running it was just using them or was just using the transport drugs across the city.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing. <laughs>
2: Uh, I saw that. That was great. I I, I like uh, how, the story you, of the second
1: LARP experience, too. Uh, how do you how do you tell the cops? No, 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 country. I promise yeah. you. We were just LARPing. We were LARPing, <laughs> we had no idea we were transporting drugs across the city. No. Uh,
2: he actually <laughs> when, says in the thing, it was very
1: fun trying to explain to the cops what was happening. Fun? I I don't know. I wouldn't look at it as fun. I'd look at it as, like, frustrating. Like, come on!
2: I imagine that fun was said very sarcastically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently yes. his second attempt at larping ended in a giant orgy, so
0: <laughs> I need to go to more larps. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's all the time we have for tonight. Yeah.
2: So, uh, final note to uh the old man who might still be watching oh, this. Oh, yeah,
0: I forgot about that guy.
2: We, we said that if you watch the second episode, you can turn us off. Well,
0: Here, here's here's how you here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. You listen to episode three. All
2: right. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's been a small problem. You have to listen to the next episode. <laughs> all right. So, like, you guys listen- have to subscribe. You also have to like the Facebook
1: page and yes. download. You uh, you listen to episode three. You take the first letter of every word we say in episode three. All right. After you do all that, you listen to episode four. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if, and if we
0: get canceled
2: by that point... Uh, Cancel- well, yes. Canceled? Yeah. We,
0: do, do we have, like, network executives to...
2: Well, by the fourth episode, we might.
0: Okay. Spe- actually, <laughs> yeah. on a slightly more serious note, um, although we are currently hosted on SoundCloud. We might be changing hosts in the next few weeks because I think I messed up our, um, the, our iTunes submission. And mm. there's no way to fix it, and I can't resubmit the same RSS feed. So I might be changing hosts just so that I can put like an actual good submission up with that.
2: Okay, well,
1: uh, I saw listeners, I if you happen
0: t- to know any good hosts that are preferably free, because I, if I had money, if I, if I had a job that paid me good money, I wouldn't be doing this. Um,
2: <laughs> I still would.
0: Yeah. You, you could uh. Go on the Facebook page or contact me on Twitter or something about it. Because we have Facebook and Twitter. Because yeah. we because we care about you. Yeah. Do you think they it's all for do, you. do you think they bought that? No,
1: not okay. at all. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, hang on. Especially hang on, hang after hang on. this aside. <laughs> and this is the end, right? It's the end? Yes. Okay, well I just want to give a shout out to my friend Pharaoh because he asked me to. And uh he's gonna I don't know, i be annoying about it if
0: I don't. So, yeah. Has your friend Pharaoh liked the, our Facebook page or followed no. us on Twitter? No. Then he doesn't deserve I'm, a shout-out. Yeah, out.
2: screw him, man. <laughs> yeah, censor <laughs> really, his name, I then. I don't really keep listening to us. <laughs> like All the right. Facebook page.
0: Follow the Censor Twitter.
1: his name, then, and I'll just talk about how mean you were for censoring his name. Like, wow, I can't believe he did that. What a jerk.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to Rolling Ones, the RPG podcast. Once again, I am Sean.
1: Noah,
0: I'm Jay slash that
2: Canadian guy. All
0: right, and uh, I
1: don't know how to end this. All right, yeah, do it. Just press the non n- not recording button. Uh, should I, I? Should I really? You just
0: okay. Yeah. Okay, but but by listeners and confused old man.
2: Bye. See
0: ya. You've been listening to Rolling Ones, the RPG podcast. If you enjoyed the show, then why not like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash rolling ones RPG Podcast. You can also find us at Twitter, um at Rolling Ones, just one word. Uh, yep, yeah, that's everything I've gotta say right now. Uh, once again the music is longed for fusion by in memory, which is licensed under Creative Commons, so See you next week.